For the News and Observer, I'm Don Vaughn, Capitol Bureau Chief and host of Under the Dome. You're listening to this episode for the week of August 14th, 2023. We are a month and a half into the new fiscal year and two weeks from the first day of school for traditional public schools. And the reason that matters, the fiscal year is uh, one of the reasons for my, my guest today at Suzanne Beasley, the Government Relations Director for the State Employees Association of North Carolina, aka the lobbyist. And the fiscal year, having already started a long time ago, uh, is because that is when state employees would get their raises if a budget was passed on time. So everybody's waiting for that. And the legislature also sets the base pay for teachers. So that's the factor with traditional public schools starting soon. And people want to know where their money is. So a couple months ago, I had Artis Watkins on from CNAG when we were talking about raises and I don't even remember if the budget was late yet at that point, maybe a little bit late. Or either we were right at the line. Right. Yeah. And now it's really late. So anyway, thank you for being here. Oh, thank you for the opportunity. <laughs> and let's talk about that that delay. What are you hearing now from state employees um, about the budget delay and raises, but more significantly, the vacancy rate being so high and it's not going to get any better when people still aren't getting any raises. Yeah. So what we are hearing from people is, you know, they want a pay raise. Um, they want to know how much of a pay raise is coming, but they are less concerned about the delay of the budget than there being a meaningful pay raise in the budget. Um, I'm pretty sure artists probably told you this when she was here, but, you know, Scenic's been lobbying for 5% in year one, 5% in year two, and a $5,000 one-time bonus that would retain these employees. Um, money is the bottom line. Money is the issue when we are um, trying to hire people as well as trying to keep people. And I think that's come, um, it's nonpartisan, bipartisan, the agency leaders, it's re Republicans have a supermajority. So whatever they're gonna put in the budget is what it's gonna be. It's just the um, arguing between the House and the Senate. And the Senate is always wants to give lower raises right. and the House wants to right. give bigger raises. And the House budget proposal has been closer to what Democratic Governor Cooper proposed, um, especially also for the like non-certified school personnel. I know it's a different category right. than what you deal with um, with state employees. But the latest that we heard from Speaker Moore is that he used the words, I said, can you tell us, like they don't wanna say what the amounts are until right. like they're all set, like it's already been decided between Berger and Moore, but they're working out all these other budget things and they don't wanna announce it until, cause that's the headline, right? It's like, what, right. what are then, you getting? Exactly, and that kind of throws people cause they see the pay raises have been decided, but then there's no further information. Right. So we get a lot of phone calls like, what's what's the pay raise? Well, we don't know that either. Um, I, I think the good point that we should make about the budget being late is it's giving the legislature, even though they say they have made decisions, um, to reconsider some of that in light of um, you know new revenue money. And so Moore said about a week or two weeks, depending on when people are listening to this ago, that they are significant and meaningful and um, that they, you know, are going to reward employees. Now, the person who is pitching it obviously is going to describe it that way, but the people who get the raises may not, you know, describe right. it that way. Right. So, what do you think as far as it's a it doesn't seem like it's going to end up being what 
what people want or expect. I mean, has it ever been? Because you've been around say, for a while. You know, you know? It's not a perfect world. So, yeah. um, so you know, it's never exactly what everybody wants. Um, also, state employees know they didn't come to work for state government to make the kind of money that they can make in the private sector, um, but they knew they were going to have benefits. And, you know, some of the erosion of the benefits, there's no longer health care when you retire if you're a new employee. Um, you know, the state health plan benefits have eroded over the years. Um, so there's less enticing factors um, to get people to come to state government. Pay is the top priority. What about, uh, so the latest from the office, um, OSBM, which is the budget, the state budget directors under um, Cooper's administration, um, Office of State Budget and Management and Fiscal Research at the legislature will put out these joint revenue forecasts and changes right. for everything. The latest numbers are that the state's revenue for the fiscal year that ended June 30th, since we're talking about it's already being mid-August here, um, revenues of $33.535 billion, um, which is 9.9% above the certified budget for the year. And part of the reason, um, so like economically, I don't think anyone argues that North Carolina is a place that business wants to come, right. that people want to move to, but there's that balance of what do they think of the, um, you know, cultural and political climate and then the tax rate and depending on which political party you're talking to, they say it's right. one thing or the other. And, you know, the answer is probably somewhere and maybe in the middle of all of it. Um, but. What I thought was interesting, and I know that that you all at Scenic noted too, is that the the state agencies reverted more than a billion dollars in unspent budgeted funds, and a lot of it is because of the historically high state employee vacancy rate and turnover. So it doesn't look like it's part of it. Seemed like it was COVID is when it went up, but then it's not shifting since then it's not um and and how awesome to hear that we've got that money it's a shame that it's from the vacancy crisis the upside to this is there's 1.17 billion dollars that came directly from the agencies um scenic would like to see that invested back into the employees who are still here with the state the last thing state of north carolina can afford to do is lose employees right now um yeah, yeah so we would like to see the General Assembly take a look at that money, put it back into the people's pockets who are working for this state so we can keep them. Um, and then whatever that pay raise is, hopefully that will be enticing enough to draw more people to state government. What do you think of the chances of the bonus that Nick is pitching? I think this money would be perfect for the bonus. It certainly would cover a $5,000 bonus for every employee. I did a little digging around just to try to get an estimate on the total number of state employees in North Carolina, and that would be agency employees, universities, community colleges, public school employees, teachers. There's 230,905, I think was the number we ended up at. So the 1.17 billion would absolutely make a $5,000 bonus for every single one of those employees. Seems easy to me. So if anyone's not listening to the audio version, looking at our video version, you if you don't know Suzanne Beasley, you recognize her from the building. So what, it, I mean, I think people understand some about what lobbying actually is. So, um, like, tell us about what you what you actually do. How like how and when you talk to lawmakers and just what what your job is actually like. Yeah. So we talk to lawmakers every opportunity we get. Um, I spent some time at the building this past week. Um, 
I often say stalking 101 is where you start with lobbying because you have to know where to find the people that, um, you know, you can get information from. Um, so, you know, that's it's relationship building. That's the biggest part of it. I've been with Scenic um, almost 21 years, so I've met a lot of people. Um, and that's that's how you get around. That's how you, you make those relationships so you can go to them and talk to them about the things that are important to state employees, to our membership. Um, and I have a team. There's a team of three of us on the ground all the time. And obviously, Artis is part of our team um, when we need her at the building as well. What's your favorite table, couch outside the chambers? Is there a place in the LV or the LOB that, yes. that, you, that you like to set up? <laughs> there is. There are a couple of places, actually. And, and, um, and it's funny because they're known as the scenic table. Um, but the table, obviously, right outside of Speaker Moore's office. It's a great place to to catch people, um, you know, on the fly when you need to speak to them. Um, and the legislative library in the LOB, it's just a great place to go gather your thoughts because obviously it's quiet, but there are no chairs in that building anymore in the hallways for anyone to sit on. So if you need to take a break, the library is the place to go. And now I know about the plan. Yeah. So before we started recording, I was telling Suzanne about the uh, Twitter account from the light. I can't remember what it is now, but it's the it's the library plant. There's multiple plants now and it's I like it because people that I know Twitter is whatever dumpster fire it currently is. But um, people that follow me notice I like um, taking pictures of the legislative building and sometimes nature at the same time. So this right. is perfect because it's a plant in the legislative office building. So this is just right up my alley. So shout out to the Legislative Library and the LOB <laughs> and your plants. Um, I appreciate it. And I'm trying to make Susanna a fan too. So um, <laughs> we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll talk more about state employees, the legislative building. I'm definitely asking Suzanne about food and our picks for headliner of the week. We'll be right back. You're listening to Under the Dome. I'm Don Vaughn, the Capitol Bureau Chief here at the News and Observer. And my guest today on the podcast is Suzanne Beasley, the lobbyist for Scenic, as we are going into a budget year that's going to be two months late. Um, so you've been with Scenic for a while. How did you come to working with them? And then I also want to know about the fact that of when this has happened before, the years of delay and everything. Um, sure. So I've been with Scenic almost 21 years. Um, I worked for an investment company and in 2002, they went under. So we all lost our jobs and that left me looking for a new job. Artist Watkins, our executive director, was our legislative affairs director at that time. And I had started in a different department with Scenic and she pulled me over into her department and gave me an opportunity at the legislature and here I am today. So what uh, what have you, I guess this is a very open-ended question, but like what have you learned in over 20 years of spending time at the legislature? Tell me before we start recording that someone called you the red-haired girl from, from Yes, Seattle. yes. So I've had um, lots of names other than Suzanne. Um, <laughs> and, and the little red-headed girl from Scenic stuck with me for a long time, um, back in the day when my hair was still red. Um, but yeah, I've seen a lot of things over the years at the legislature. I think probably one of the things that sticks out most for me is I used to say to artists often when she and I were the only two on the ground, this is just not logical. And she would say, look where you're at. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, logical. That makes yeah. um, kind of like what we were talking about with chairs earlier and how there's, you know, a lack of chairs in the building, which I'm pretty yeah. sure everyone, uh, everyone <laughs> has an opinion on. 
Um, what else about the building have you noticed? So you've been there when both when Democrats were in power too, right? Yeah. So what's what's the vibe like now compared to um, I don't know a decade, fifteen years ago? Um, well, different vibe because different parties sure. were in super majority. So I've lived through both of that, um, and I, I, the vibe is different just because the Republicans are in charge right now. We have great relationships on both sides of the aisle, so um, you know I'm able to go talk to to anyone on about an issue on either side of the aisle and not feel um, awkward. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to say, who's the nicest lawmaker and who's the meanest? But you oh, may not want to say no. that. <laughs> or can you say historically, who's, who's great to work so, with so who's so, not? Let me tell you this story. So um, when I first started lobbying, you know, didn't know my way around the building, I met Wilma, Wilma Sherrill, Representative Wilma Sherrill. She was a big budget writer. Mm-hmm. Um, and we butted heads in the middle of the night at one of those, you know, marathon sessions. Um, and from that day on, she just kind of took me under her wing and she told me where to go, who to talk to, um, just mentored me a little bit. So I began thinking that Representative Cheryl was probably the meanest legislator and she ended up being one of my very favorites. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so do you know, like I've been in the building for about five years or so, a little bit less. And my favorite thing now is to give tours to like interns or somebody new. And I'm like, let me show you around. And I did that more when I was press corps president too, but I just like it. And maybe when I retire one day, I'll give, I'll be the volunteer yeah, legislative the building desk. But I still don't, I still get confused sometimes going around. I mean, it's easy if you're like, okay, it's not over in this courtyard. I'll just circle around again. So do you have the whole building down? Like, or is there anything that you sometimes get turned around with the weird stairs or that one woman's bathroom that's like just a tucked tiny, on the side? What is that? Yeah, uh, yeah the <laughs> bathrooms are always, a, yeah. I don't know what happened here. Yeah. Um, I, for the most part, I think I do have the building down pat it but it's easy to get turned around um the funny thing with me is the numbers of the quads in the legislative mm-hmm. building but i can tell you by person i know speaker moore's quad yeah. um i know representative setzer's quad you know you just have a place people make the the location easy mm-hmm. um to identify rather than the numbers on I, the the rooms and the um quads i realize if somebody said numbers i'd be like i don't know there's yeah. an 1100 like yeah area and it's helpful that jason saying is the big lincoln county sign like in his window i'm like thanks got that and the corner offices literally being the corner offices that helps you know but just the wood paneling of everything it's just we had an intern a couple of years ago that said she described it like maybe like an mc escher painting of like how just how confusing it is and everything looks the same but and you wouldn't think it would be it's just squares right put together it's just something it's not logical maybe or it is there you go (laughs) all right let me ask you about uh legislative cafeteria food um anyone who spends time in the building i always want to know and this is inclusive of the cafeteria the snack bar or the lob snack bar cafeteria hybrid or whatever so what's your what's your pick what do you always get okay first of all shout out to the legislative cafeteria um staff because they are awesome folks if you need a smile just go downstairs and get something to eat um but that fried chicken on tuesdays is where it's at however if you need a cheeseburger the snack bar is a great place to go for that too i like the fried chicken too it kind of makes you want to take a nap it does it does it's one of those things i don't get often though Um, it's really good yeah i'm not cooking for a family anymore so 
doesn't happen often. So I feel like a fair amount of people have mentioned the fried chicken like yeah. over the years. So yeah, that's one of my go-tos also. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, it's time for headliner of the week. Um, Suzanne, if you want to go first, who or what is your headliner of the week? Um, just watching the news last night, the wildfires in Hawaii right now, they're so devastating and heartbreaking and tragic. I, that's just stuck with me all day today. Um, just from what I was seeing last night. Um, so, yeah, just sending good vibes to Hawaii. I saw something where, like, everyone that's ever been to Hawaii, like, is thinking about, you know, because yeah. people try to make a connection to something of the, um, I went to Hawaii once for my honeymoon a long time ago. Um, beautiful, beautiful yeah. place. It's I really haven't rough been, but it's, it's such yeah. a special place, yeah. you know, just even if you haven't been, you know that. Yeah. It's just terrible to see. Uh, well, we're hoping for the best with, with Absolutely. everyone there. So, um, my headliner also is um, not as sad as the current wildfire, <laughs> but also a pretty place. I went to Carolina Beach last week. So I also a shout out to my colleague Kyle Ingram for guest hosting last week. I appreciate he, him uh, taking one for the team. And I think he did a good job for, for his first time hosting. Um, but anyway, I hadn't been to Carolina Beach before. I've lived in North Carolina for, I don't know, in a few years. I'll probably hit 20 years living oh here. And I'm an Outer Banks person because I lived in Northern Virginia for a long time. And the Outer Banks is that's where everyone in Northern yeah. Virginia goes. And when um, apparently my mom told me that when I was a kid living at Fort Bragg or now Fort Liberty, we went to Wrightsville Beach once, but I have no memory. So I'm like, I need to I've lived here in North Carolina a long time. I should probably go check out more of the yeah. state. So I uh, went to Carolina Beach for a couple of days and we drove into Curie Beach, if I'm saying that right. You are. And um, and Wrightsville Beach just to check it out. And so I, I started off saying Carolina Beach was my headliner, but I think I need to change it to the Fort Fisher Aquarium, yes. which was the highlight of that trip. And it was just so cool. All the otters, everything else there. So I'll give my shout out. Well, shout out headliner is that whole area with the aquarium. Right. The aquarium <laughs> is, is beautiful. And those are yeah. state employees. Yeah. So, all right. So shout out to the state yeah. employees at um, Fort Fisher Aquarium. But anyway, if no one's checked it out, um, it's pretty cool. And maybe you all have. And people are saying it's about time that, that I finally went. So yeah, I haven't been to Final Shores yet. So I need to check that out. And I always go to the Roanoke Island one all the time when yeah. um, I'm in Axhead. So now um, I've expanded my horizons. Good for you. <laughs> All right. Well, Suzanne, thanks so much for being on. Thank you for uh, having appreciate me. Appreciate it. And we'll see if it's going to be a budget September, maybe. It's, That's um, what it sounds like. So. I mean, at some point, if it gets to October, it's redistricting. So I think they'll, I think they'll pass it. Well, we've had long sessions for the last yeah. few years. So, yeah. You know. And you've been through this before. I so. have. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And we'll be through it again. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you again for being on. I'm Dawn Bond so for the News and Observer. Thanks for listening. And we'll talk to you next time. For more from our politics team, subscribe to the News and Observer at newsobserver.com slash subscribe. Follow us on Twitter at Under the Dome and NC Insider and sign up for our weekly political newsletter, also called Under the Dome, at newsobserver.com slash newsletters. Thanks for listening.